been a quarter of a century now, people, since the rebels won the day. They destroyed that evil empire and the galaxy was saved. And Solo, Luke, Leia, Lando, they're the heroes we all recall. But let's not forget about their big-hearted friends who were only one meter tall. I'm talking about the Ewoks. They were more than just cute, cuddly bears. Let's give some credit to the Ewoks. Without their help, the Alliance didn't have a prayer. I was surfing the Star Wars message boards, and Lord, I was shocked to read. All the haters putting down the Ewoks. They say they ruined the first trilogy. Well, they may have been at it for the children, and they may have been comic relief. And it may not make sense that they could beat stormtroopers with such primitive weaponry. But why are you hating on the Ewoks? Tell me, what did they ever do to you? Where's the love for the Ewoks? Let's give it up, cause it's long overdue. Clap your hands now. Ewoks. The tiny warriors. Ewoks. The fought so bravely. Ewoks. Living like the Amish Ewoks, Ewoks, take it Billy D. After Princess Leia crashed the speeder bike, who had our sisters back? Ewoks, and who was it that led the Allies to the bunker back door for their sneak attack? Ewoks, and at the end of Act 2, when all was looking bad, who set those captured rebels free? Ewoks, and somebody remind me who throws the hottest treetop parties in the galaxy. You know he's talking about the Ewoks. They still got it going on after 25 years. Sing it loud so all those haters can hear. Come on now. They're inspirational. They sold so many toys. A young love now. Ewoks, Ewoks. Come on now. Ewoks, Ewoks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Apotheosis of a Bombast. I am Ultimate Manus, and with me today is everyone's favourite Ewok fan, Scott Copperman. That's right. Don't be hating on the Ewoks. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with the Ewoks, to be honest. I, well, I didn't either at the time. Now they're a little annoying. I'm actually most annoyed to have learned that it was supposed to be the Wookiees, and that somewhere, someone along the line decided, no, let, let's not go with the cool Bigfoot-like monster that we've interjected into the series and let's bring out teddy bears yeah it's either down to someone didn't order enough carpet for the Ewoks or they didn't order enough zippers or poppers or velcro or they just couldn't get seven foot tall people to (laughs) fit into these suits I'm not uh, totally against the Ewoks I just kind of feel like you know now that I'm older I'm not so thrilled to see these big cuddly teddy bears and I find it a little harder to believe that they would Bring down the Empire. Yeah, well, they're teddy bears now, aren't they? But when I was nine or, or so, then they weren't teddy bears at all. No. And I saw, uh, is it Carnival of Courage? I saw that in the cinema. That's my claim to fame. I thought that was a rocking film when it first came out, but that was because of the Ewoks. And everything was based around Wicket as well, so... There was an Ewoks cartoon as well. Yeah, that was Wicked. I remember that. I used to love that. Did you get the Droids cartoon as well? Yes. Yeah, because it was a... a cartoon called Ewoks and you also had droids mm-hmm. and that, was, that was badass <laughs> so we haven't actually had a well I, I was thinking we had had a full episode in a while uh, but we did our last episode was definitely full and traditional but mm-hmm. when you add in our Easter egg hunt episode and then kind of the, the delay of this past week 
it's really only been one traditional episode probably in the last month. So we're getting back into a routine now, but for our listeners, that has to have been a little bit erratic. So they can definitely look for us. We're back on track now. Yep, we're all set. Actually, we're coming up on probably about our quarter year anniversary here with uh, episode 13, episode 14. That's about a fourth of a year's worth of weeks. We should go out for dinner with a a candle on there (laughs) and cross arms as we drink champagne. (laughs) This is our 33rd day anniversary. Oh, yes. And then, <laughs> we haven't had a row yet. Yeah. <laughs> We're still together. We're outlasting the other people. This is my first serious podcast. That's right. <laughs> I went to a, a restaurant down the road from us. It's quite a posh restaurant, bar type thing. And the bug I had, everything was fine. It was very posh food, blah, blah, blah. It was also it was really nice, called Ma'am and Sir, all night long. And it was awesome. Then came to the bill. And I don't know if they do it where you are, but do they stick the 10% or whatever percent service charge on top of the bill without you knowing? If you have um, more than six people, they usually do. But they don't usually really? do it for small groups. Right. Because there was... How many of us? There was four adults and four children down this restaurant where we went. Mm-hmm. And they didn't tell me about it. They stuck the 10% charge on, which I, I was quite happy to pay. Mm-hmm. But they also ask for gratitude, and you can pump that in when you pay on card. Yeah. And so I pumped the 10% in after. And I didn't realise until I'd left the place that I'd actually paid twice for the service, more or less. So I'd, I'd paid uh, the 10% on the card first without them letting me know. And then they asked me, oh, would you like to pay you know, the 10% again? I went, okay. And I paid it, and I didn't realise that they'd stuck it on the first time. So that's really wound me up. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that should be the case. I understand, you know, restaurants nowadays they expect a tip every time, right? Which is fine. And then if you get a crap service and you pull it away, mm-hmm. but uh, have that extra ten percent from nowhere just stuck around the corner, and they didn't even tell me, then it just got to me. That really peed me off. No, I, I can understand. We've been through that, too. And it's always on a big bill, because you inherently have a large group. But yeah. we were out with nine of us, and I think my daughter was falling asleep kind of in the chair. So I, we were at a hotel. I went to go bring her back to the mm-hmm. hotel room, and Marianne was going to pay the bill. And I didn't mention to her that they're going to add in the extra percent. And they did, just like they did to you. Then she paid on a card and added in a gratuity as well. <laughs> so yeah, and, and it was on a, a bill for nine people. So it was... It wasn't cheap, the extra amount that they were getting. Yeah. And I, I thought it was tacky that they didn't come up and say, oh, if if they gone up to her and said, oh, ma'am, you don't have to worry about that, it's already in there, she would have still given something just for that awkwardness and how nice of them to have brought it to the attention. Yeah. Well, I think there's a case where um, if you pay by cash, then that goes straight into the people mm-hmm. that are serving you. That goes straight into their pocket, which I'm fine with. If you pay through the card, through their system, then... I think the company take a cream of that, or they they take the top layer of that. The co- the credit card company or the business, the no, restaurant, the actual business itself. Mm. And sometimes they share it out between all of their staff, and sometimes they don't, and they just put it into their coppers, mm. and that's wrong. Yeah, you're you're paying for that service for the people. You're saying, you know, thank you very much for treating us nice. You know, thank you for not spitting in my burger. Thank you for not you know yeah. doing whatever. There's some money. Thank you very much for making our nice 
uh, our, our night a pleasant one, and that that should be going into their pocket. But it's a lot of the times I've heard that it's not. It's going straight to the business, and you're paying them twice more or less. Yeah, I can see them pulling the tips, you know, for you know the person in the back who you don't get to see, or you know, the bartender who wasn't actually serving you directly but still made your drinks. But yeah, um, but yeah, it shouldn't be going. It should be going to people who who earned it, people who worked with customers, not yeah, not adding to the charge of your your steak. Yeah, the people that are serving you are, are the front line of the business, and they they're the people that you are actually tipping. That's who it should be going to. Yeah. Maybe I'm missing a, a trick or something. Yeah. But you'll, you'll remember it when you go back again. Yeah, to Ryerwell. Yeah, so. And you would have remembered if someone came up and said, oh, sir, don't worry about it. Then you would have you would have had a better feeling, and you would have remembered that too. Yeah, yeah. So from now on, I'm double, triple, quadrupling, checking everything <laughs> from now on. You'll read the small print. Yeah, I've got no problems in paying it. It's just when I pay it twice, that's not on. Yeah. I didn't get twice the food. No, you're right. And they weren't twice as good servers. No, that's right. You've already taken care of them. No, you're yeah. right. <laughs> oh, rent over anyway, so... Yeah. No, it, it's good. I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm kind of glad it's not one of the main ones. I'm, I'm quite happy to be to be off to the side a little bit and people find it and go oh okay fair enough and they stick with it so I'm yeah. quite happy for that so no and I definitely appreciate the fact that the listeners we have are, are pretty diehard we got uh, some more feedback over the last couple of weeks we've gotten some more answers to the easter egg hunt although still still nobody has gotten them all all the, all the questions have been answered correctly but not by any one single person so we're coming up on the final week here mm-hmm We'll see if we can actually get anybody to send us all 12. Yeah. But one week to go. Get the answers in. Someone just give us all the answers. Yeah. And then we'll announce it in a future episode, I suppose. Yeah. It's coming up next episode. Winner will be announced. Stay tuned. Oh, woohoo. Woo. <laughs> so we have episode 14 here. So we might as well get started, actually. I had a news story that I had found. It's not... I just kind of stumbled on it. And it was about a Saudi man who had divorced his wife by text message. Awesome. In Saudi Arabia, apparently, all it requires is for a man to declare, I divorce you, three times. (laughs) Kind of like saying, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. (laughs) But under the strict form of Islamic Sharia law, if you say, I divorce you three times to your wife... You are officially legally divorced. I'm taking that in one sentence. Because he, he could, like, at the very beginning of the marriage, he could go, I divorce you. Ah, oh, there's only two left now. <laughs> and then wander off. And she'll be sitting there going, he's only got two left. Oh, no. Have you heard, the, there's, like, a children's story about, um, like, when the donkey sneezes three times, she'll die. Really? Oh. Oh! I have to Google that now. Because, yes, it's something definitely like that. So I say, Amanda, um... My missus, she sneezes a hell of a lot. Once she hits sneezes, she does about five or six in one go. And I always say that she's nicking people's other well, other people's sneezes because there must be people walking around the world who she's stolen sneezes off. Going, I've never sneezed because she sneezes so much. But I've never heard of a, I've never seen a donkey sneeze. Never heard of that story either. Is it Arab Arabic donkeys sneezing? <laughs> It's <laughs> it's a real fairy tale. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, 
It's a grim fairy tale. Open library. What the heck is this? You're supposed to be able to... Ah! Information. I just want a summary. Give me a summary. Oh, come on. Oh. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No. Every time the donkey sneezed, money fell from his mouth. <laughs> That's not it. Man. Anyway, there's a story about a donkey sneezing. <laughs> Whatever it is, when the horse sneezes three times, the guy's going to die. And so it was just like what you said, basically, that, you know, it sneezes once, and it sneezes twice, and then it's just that, like, anxiousness, like, oh, yeah. God, it's going to sneeze again, what am I going to do? But getting back to the story, uh, this guy divorced his wife by text message. The legal issue is apparently... Is text message an acceptable substitute for saying it orally? Wow. Could you just uh, <laughs> reply to sender three times with an email? But it was ruled that, yes, that does constitute a declaration of the husband's intention. Oh my God. And so the three declarations were a text message to his former wife and a telephone call to two relatives. That's how he delivered this declaration <laughs> of I divorce you. So I just thought it was weird. That's mad. I don't know if you've ever seen on Facebook when people announce that they're with someone and then a flock of people ask, oh, who, who, are you in a relationship, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as you're out of a relationship on them, it's, oh, oh, what, ha- what happened? And It's just crazy. It's like you're not in a relationship until it's announced on Facebook and that's just a ridiculous way to be. I, don't, I actually, I don't have a Facebook account, so I, I only know what I see over Marianne's shoulder mm. and... Uh, Basically, what I all her friends and all are already married and, and such, so I don't really get quite that just sense of it. But I can picture that. Yeah, That's the way people act. Son of the times. Yeah. Just as a side note, I had this this uh, random thought regarding Twitter. So obviously, mm-hmm. for those who don't know Twitter, it's, it's it's like the wall on Facebook and 140 character responses to things at a time. So I had it on in the background, and I was making poems out of the first two words of each tweet on my screen. <laughs> so here, I'm going to go to the universal feed here. Yeah. So, um, some of this is in foreign language, so here. I'll do, like, the first ten lines here. And another, what is so tired? Sorry, I, ooh, which I admit, stupid concert. Here's hoping. Do you? That's like poetry. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's like Shakespearean. Yeah. Especially with the right voice inflection. Ooh, there's Arabic. It's Arabic. Wow. I got another one here. Starting from Jessica Flores, and I'll go down to Bean Fair. Hoping the next stop, love is trying to tonight on Lead Me Comic Book Store. I know. <laughs> that wasn't so good, I guess. But for some reason, when I looked at the screen, I was just like, wow. If I take like the first couple from each response, I can make like a little chain. This could be the next internet fad. Instant poetry. That's right. I had a uh, a guy follow me uh, the other day only because his name is Elton. I think that that's the only reason why he followed me, because he must have looked <laughs> up Elton and found it. And I just looked... I'm always curious on people that I don't know, I don't recognise, blah, blah, blah. Because obviously I recognise a lot of people from the forums and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. I don't mind them. They're, they're all cool. Um... But this guy, he, I just went through his top 20 tweets, I think he is, 
or his recent tweets, and it's it's one about this swine fever that seems to be sweeping the world. Mm-hmm. And it says uh, swine fever is contagious if only you are not with God. Okay. And I was oh, okay. Um, not gonna follow you. Yeah. Now, does it bother you that he's still following you? No, we need to promote this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, I've got no problem in you know people have simply syndicated and following me and interacting like that that's that's no problem at all if if I know people then that's fine but you know jumping on a name and then spout you know, it's what he's, he believes so I can't really say you know what he's spouting but I don't believe if you don't follow God then you're going to end up with swine fever uh, yeah I can understand that pigs don't do pigs believe in God <laughs> I don't know I'm not too sure he has cursed all pigs Oh, what would be the next uh, illness? To f- it has to be animal. Uh, sorry, it has to be animal related. What would be the next illness? We should lay bets on this. Well, they've already done bird, and then pig. Yeah, we've had mad cows. I'm gonna guess it's fish related. Fish. I'm gonna go for camel. Yeah, but people don't eat camel. No, but people might start growing humps and go. Oh, you've got camel disease. Cincinnati superhero patrols streets fighting crime. Have you heard no. of this? A man calling himself Shadow Hair has joined a group called the Allegiance of Heroes. And they're patrolling... Uh, he's patrolling Cincinnati. He's got a couple of other friends doing other areas and they're taking crime into their own hands. And they've got costumes and balaclavas and stuff like that. and They're making citizens arrests. Uh. So we do have real superheroes out there now. Oh, definitely. I actually had seen from Kennedy last night that you can register as a superhero. Did you happen to see that website? Yes, it did, yeah. yeah. So that was the same kind of thing. I was like, poked around it. They refer you to some lawyers who can help you with the correct way to make a citizen's arrest and you know where to tune in to your local police channel and all that kind of stuff. Disclaimers are plenty. They don't want to get sued when you go out and get shot, but they've got advertisements where you can buy Kevlar body armor and mm-hmm. make yourself into a, a true vigilante superhero. So uh, I would bet if we did a little digging, that guy's probably a member. Yeah. I'd imagine so, yeah. So you you got the Shadow Hair in Cincinnati. You've also got Mr. Extreme in California. I, I think they're just over-the-top guys dressed in Lycra, and they, they are dressed in Lycra, and they've got their little hoods and capes. But if I was a superhero, I wouldn't have a cape. Really wouldn't. Have you ever seen The Incredibles? Yeah. Where the lady says, no capes. Yeah. <laughs> and she explains why, and that's that's perfectly good for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lycra's not very practical. Unless it's dry fit. That Nike dry fit stuff. Wicks away the oh, moisture. The yeah. Yeah. It wicks away the moisture, so you can stay dry. Then you have to have the physique underneath to yeah. to show off. And a, a guy with a beer belly running around going, Oh, stop! Bring that wallet back! Isn't, you're not going to stop for him. <laughs> but the guy in the in the green spandex running behind you out of breath. <laughs> you're yeah. just going to turn around and go, Wait, um, stop. I might, I might try and mug you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he comes back around, chases you for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another story. Have you seen uh, Indiana Jones fourth incarnation yet no I have not the crystal skull thingamajiggy 
all I've seen are a couple of Discovery Channel specials about the Crystal Skulls. But yeah, I I have it on my shelves. So I still refuse to watch it because I don't want to ru- uh, ruin Indiana Jones for myself. But um, uh, Jap- no, Japan's foreign minister has taken a swipe at the latest film. Uh, let me find it. He said that there was a scene in the hit movie last year, which in which sorry. There was a scene in the hit movie last year in which the famous hero, facing a blast from a nuclear test, hit in, uh, hid in a refrigerator. And he turned around and said... He, I think it was a speech involving nuclear weapons. And he said, I was surprised by the movie's lack of awareness of a nuclear bomb blast. A nuclear explosion destroys everything in an instant, and I felt concerned that the kind of easygoing image might spread around the world. Yeah, that's helping proliferate nuclear weapons that, oh, yeah. you know, don't be scared. Well, just, just buy your own fridge. Yeah. Everyone have a little chest freezer, and for the kids you have little chest freezers as well, so you can jump in them. Well, nuclear weapons are inherently deterrents, not, uh, they're not meant to ever really be used. Just, no, of course not, no. So, if, but if, the does, movie, does he not? if the movie makes people not afraid of it, or makes it seem like it can't do much damage, I don't think it would proliferate, because then it loses its effectiveness. Yeah, but I I can understand from his standpoint, obviously, Hiroshima and mm-hmm. Nagasaki. Yeah, Nagasaki. Uh, obviously, from that standpoint, okay, fair enough, is a very, very powerful image and stuff like that, but it's a movie. Yeah. I can't believe that they make it look in Lost in Space, like you could just travel to Mars so easily. Yeah, That's a exactly. totally poor representation. Yeah. Just taking stuff a little bit too seriously. I understand the big effect behind it, but okay, let's lighten up a little bit and enjoy it for what it is, which I'm assuming is a crap film. Right. Yeah. See, I had a problem with the... I always thought it was a nuclear uh, explosion at the end of Predator, where Arnie's running away from it, and I always thought that was a bit bit pony, the way that he got out of that and survived a nuclear explosion and he didn't have a fridge or refrigerator or anything around him was it nuclear sometimes they use those mushroom clouds just because it's a, a common image but yeah I understand that but did you see the size of the crater that was left it was at least two meters deep and what 20 meters wide it was huge and there was still twigs still sitting there <laughs> it was a highly focused explosion yeah. All the force he was imploded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's... I think it's an overreaction on the part of the Japanese Prime Minister. Or yeah. If any, he should be more upset about short round than about the use of a nuclear explosion. I enjoyed him in the films. I didn't like that... Uh, the Temple of Doom as much as the other two, but I, I enjoyed him. He, he's not the worst psychic ever. No, but I would think in terms of a stereotype or something, you know, I would... Yeah. I would pick on... That aspect of Indiana Jones mythology. <laughs> All right, so he's found the Holy Grail. He's battled ghosts and, and aliens. You're going to nitpick about, oh, and he survived a nuclear explosion. Mm. So I think you've definitely gone a little over the top there. Yeah, that, that's my news stories anyway. Nothing much. I found, courtesy of someone on Twitter, which I can't remember who it is, it's a <laughs> swine flu game. <laughs> and it's called The Sneeze. And basically, you, 
you start off in a room of 20-odd people, you run up to the nearest person, sneeze, and then try to infect as many people as you can. It seems to be the catchphrase of this week, so... So that's a game that, um... It's like one of those Java games where you play, you know... Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, there's another one that's causing a stir at the moment. Uh, another Java game. It's called Faith Fighter. And basically, yeah, you can play as either God, Jesus, <laughs> Buddha, Muhammad, Buddhai, I think it is, or Buddhae, or Buddhae, sorry if I got that pronunciation wrong, and Ganesha. And you you play as one of these gods, and you fight in a, a Mortal Kombat style oh, That's pretty cool. Against against all, all, all the other faiths to work out who's the greatest faith. And if you end up playing through the game, which of course I have, <laughs> due to research, uh, of, course. of course, you end up playing against uh, Xenu. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the last boss. But I destroyed him. Isn't it cool how like you look at these games and you can tell it's just asteroids or Mortal Kombat? It's there's some basic core gaming engine that that's familiar. And it just gets yeah. modified for context, you know. Yeah, that's right. In the battle of the religions, and then in a couple of weeks, it'll be Wolverine versus Iron Man versus Star Trek's Captain Kirk. You know. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's causing a um, a little bit of an uproar between all the faiths, obviously, because people are saying you you can't have that. And it has got a disclaimer at the very beginning of the game where you can either choose uh, a censored version or a normal version. Obviously, the censored version uh, covers the face of Muhammad <laughs> under. Under their law, uh, I, you can't show the face of the Lord or their their God, and so if you do have anyone that follows him, obviously not on Twitter, but anyone that follows him, you can actually uh, click on the censored version, so you can actually play, but without him or huh. well, his face covered up anyway. So, but yeah, a um, couple of the leaders of mosques and so forth have come out in this country and denounced the game. I don't understand sometimes why a non-statement has to be interpreted as an endorsement. Yeah. I don't understand why it's necessary to come out and <laughs> denounce these things rather than, I'm going to almost say, like, ignore it. They sound foolish sometimes when they denounce. Because yeah. Because you're arguing against something that everyone already recognizes is intended to be comedy and is... Yeah. But, yeah, I can understand it's offensive and it's disrespectful and all, but everybody kind of knows that. Yeah, but by coming out and denouncing it, then you're also advertising it, mm-hmm. which is what the people that programmed it want. Right, and you come across as petty. There's there's my two little things for you. Uh, the uh, thing I had found is from a website called 11points.com, where they make uh, top 11 lists as opposed to top 10 lists. Oh, cool. They actually have a couple things they go through, but the two that had stood out to me were 11 predictions that Back to the Future 2 got right about the future and 11 things that they got wrong. Oh, cool. But in Back to the Future 2, Marty McFly goes to the year 2015. Yeah. And so they qualify, like, well, obviously it's not 2015 yet, but you can kind of tell that some things just aren't going to happen. And so uh, going through kind of quickly... There's a newspaper article, a story about Queen Diana, that being Princess Diana. Now, obviously, yeah. they, they couldn't have known that she was going to die, but that's obviously one part of the future that is not going to come true. Um, yeah. They have Marty McFly using a phone booth, which, yeah. 
I guess since the 1980s, cell phones have taken off so much that you almost never see a phone booth here in America. Yeah, they're obsolete now, aren't they? Yeah. They have a couple other things that they say just aren't going to happen, but I'm not so sure you can totally dismiss it. I mean, they have that the clothing is crazy and not the route we're going. I agree with that. Flying cars, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But they have some things like the Cubs are going to win the World Series, which they might in the next six years. They've certainly come close lately. They talk about thumbprints being used as a form of a key or, or currency. Well, they're um, doing that now, don't they? And they say, like, they understand that right now it's kind of in the process, um, but they think it's still too far away. We're not six and a half years away from um, thumbprints and body-embedded RFID chips replacing currency and keys. But I don't know. I think that's taking a chance. Six years is a long time. All it takes is one yeah. breakthrough. But don't they use thumbprints on uh, computers? Yeah, they're already sort of in the works. Yeah. Think of how much iPods have changed in the last six years, or laptop computers. So I can picture a major breakthrough. Yeah. But hoverboards, yeah, that's out. But they do have a list of 11 things that Back to the Future got right. Some of the things they predicted were watching television, where you could see multiple channels at the same time, that there'd be a baseball team in Miami, Florida, which... There is. Yep. Uh, let's see. Playing video games without hands. So kind of with the Wii and all, they say that that's something you're going toward. Yeah. Uh, surveillance cameras all over the place, which definitely is happening. Well, that's there now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a sport called slam ball, which I've seen on TV. It's like basketball on trampolines, basically. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun to watch. But they have a news story about it in the movie, in the newspaper, and they say, look, it exists. Now, I don't know if it came true because of the movie, like inspired mm-hmm. by the movie, or what the case would be. But So there's a bunch of things, and you know, there's I only went through some of them, but there's 11 that they feel they got right, 11 they feel they got wrong. And, yeah. And then there's a bunch of other things on the site, and they have things about food and music and sports and video games, books. Um, it's just somebody's blog, but it's... It's worth when you're bored poking around and you know, seeing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice quick read, which is always good. Yeah, yeah. You don't reams and reams of words sometimes, do you? Right. Yeah, sometimes you look at it and you're like, I'll come back to that later. But you never do. No, you don't. don't. There's always something else popping up on Twitter or somewhere else that you yeah. have to go and check out. I had uh, one other thing as a site to take a look at. We'll have the links in for the various news stories we've talked about and the games you found. The11points.com, which it's number 11, P-O-I-N-T-S.com. And then there's another site, which it's called greenerchoices.org. And it's about doing environmentally friendly things as a consumer. Mm-hmm. But what had happened was uh, Mandy from Jacob and Mandy, she was talking about glue, and then I was responding to her about you know, what kind of glue was it? Was it this American brand, Elmer's, or was it some wannabe Canadian brand? She mentioned it was Ross, which then I found out was a subsidiary of Elmer's. Whatever it was, it was the conversation went nowhere, but <laughs> the phrase non-toxic came up. Mm-hmm. And talking to Jacob later, we were kind of like, well, what what does non-toxic even mean? And that's what this site has. It has a, a section where they talk about labels, and they have 140, 149 different labels 
100% biocompatible, 100% vegan, non-toxic, cruelty-free, environmentally friendly, mm-hmm. free-roaming, hormone-free, natural, and no animal testing, no antibiotics administered, no CFCs. So all these different things you might see on a product. Right. And then as you check it, like here, I'll go to no animal testing. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different criteria that they talk about it, like how meaningful is the label? Is the label verified? Does the company that verifies the label, do they have any special interests? For example, well, here, I'll read this one. This No animal testing. You might see it on a product. The general claim means no animal testing was done on the product and its ingredients. However, there mm-hmm. is no government or official definition of this claim. There's no independent testing to verify the claim. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has noted that unrestricted use of these phrases by cosmetic companies is possible because there's no legal definition. So they can just stick that on their product, and people obviously people go uh, through their products, checking them, and you know sometimes they don't want to buy a, a product that's tested on animals, and right. rightly so. Amanda has two lipsticks, and she looks at one and the other, and she picks the one that says no animal testing because she thinks it hasn't been tested on animals, so she's doing the right thing. Yeah, and so it goes through, and it's like a a little two-page summary where it, it talks about either this is a claim that means something or this is a claim that doesn't mean anything and then they go into some details of why. Yeah. So, um, like I said, there's 149 different ones. I thought I would just hit you with a couple and see if, if you could tell whether they had any <laughs> value or not. Do you have all sewers where you live or are there septic tanks sometimes too? Uh... There are septic tanks okay. around, but... All right, well... Yeah, septic, we're on sewers. Septic tank safe. You know, the same thing here. We're on sewers here, but there are homes that have septic tanks. Yeah. Which are individual underground sewage treatment systems, blah, blah, blah. So, the septic tank safe label is sometimes put on a product to indicate it is safe to be used in the septic tank system. Mm-hmm. So, if you saw that, would, do you think that's a label that has meaning or no? Well, yeah, I'd say yes, straight away. Septic tank safe is not meaningful. There's no definition, standard, or criteria used for judging whether a product or its ingredients are sufficiently septic tank safe. All cleaning products are septic tank safe, if used <laughs> properly. <laughs> okay, so right, I see be... where this is going, yeah? Yes, okay. Um, that was the tester. I have recycled, and I have recyclable. Which one would you like to look at? Recyclable. Okay, recyclable. So where would you find this claim? You would find it on wood or paper. It generally means that the product can be recycled. Can be recycled. So do you think that's a meaningful label or not? Um, I'd say yes, because you're, you're stating that it is able to be recyclable, re- recycled. The recyclable claim is somewhat meaningful. That's like their middle rating. Yeah. Recyclable is a general claim that implies a product or its packaging can be collected, sorted, and used for the manufacturing of new items. However, consumers should be aware that their local recycling program may not accept this particular product, even though it is labeled as recyclable. Mm. And I understand that. Where we live now, they take all plastic, all paper, but there's been places I've lived where they only take clear bottles, they don't take the green ones. Well, I can understand that, because when they do sort through the... uh the bits and bobs to be recycled, they obviously have to take into account how much of that will be recycled. So, so you have bubble wrap, and you yeah. had a huge 
pile of bubble wrap and you put that in there, you might end up with a a cubic centimetre worth of plastic after it's all been recycled. So the energy going into recycling that, it's not worth recycling it. Yeah, that's true. It's recyclable, but they won't do it because it's not worth it. Alright, so I have two more of these, which uh, I'll ask you if you don't mind. Okay, go on. And then people can check them out. So, um, have you heard the term free range usually applied to... Chickens. Yes. Yes. All right. So, free range. Meaningful claim or nothing? You'd like to think so. Um, the, 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 the... One of them's got to be yes. I'm, I'm going to go for yes because... Yes. Because of yes. That's the reason. Yes. Free range has been defined for poultry products, but not for eggs. So free range is able to be used for the actual chickens. Yeah. But it is not, you know, you can have eggs and say they come from a free range chicken, but that's meaningless. It also doesn't apply to beef. So free range cattle is a meaningless term. The only thing that means something with American food is that the chickens have been given access to the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is the minimum amount of open air time per day? I'll bet it's something ridiculous, like an hour or so. Five minutes per day. The USDA considers five minutes of open air access each day adequate for it to approve the use of the free range claim. So they hit their criteria of five minutes and then that's classified as a... That's ridiculous. How can they label it like that? Because in everyone's mind, free range is chickens running around free. Free to peck wherever they want, but obviously not. Given their five minutes, and then you've got a free range farm. Alright, here's one. Alcohol free. Usually applied not to food, but to like hygiene products, baby products, bath products, Mm. shaving products. I think that's going to be dodgy, that one. Alcohol free label is not meaningful and potentially misleading. It is a general claim that should imply the product contains no alcohol. Mm -hmm. However, manufacturers use the term alcohol-free on cosmetic products that do not contain ethyl alcohol. There are several other types of alcohol, and these can be skin and eye irritants. Consumers purchasing products labeled alcohol-free should check the ingredient list to make sure that the product is truly free of any ingredients that end in OL. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Anything ending in OL are likely some kind of alcohol. It just seems like the government or whoever it is slap on these labels and you have to meet this criteria to perform this task and you're given a certificate saying, okay, well, you've performed this criteria, well, met these this criteria so you fit into this category. And that is all that either the company or the farmer or whoever, are, are, they're going to fulfill the minimum of that criteria to get a special label put on on their products. Well, I can kind of understand. Some of them are are given by the manufacturer. Or like here in uh, America, there's a group called JD Power and Associates. And basically what they do is subdivide into all these categories. You can be the best best redheaded boy from southeastern Manchester, uh, born on a Tuesday. And someone else can be the best redheaded boy from southeastern Manchester, born on a Wednesday. Mm. So they're kind of meaningless in that sense. Or they also have a lot of things here in America that are opinion more than fact. Like anyone can claim to be the best or number one or tastiest or like world's best cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, anyone can claim they're the world's best cup of coffee because that's opinion. Yeah. Um, or top selling. It could be top selling by dollars, top selling by volume, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's natural. Let's try natural. 
Fingers crossed. There is no government or official definition for the term natural, except on meat and poultry products. Really? Meat and poultry carrying the natural claim must not contain any artificial flavoring, color, chemical preservatives, artificial or synthetic ingredients, and are only minimally processed. Minimally pumped full of water to plump them up a bit. Yeah, it means it does not fundamentally alter the raw product. See, I kind of thought natural would be not true just because everything is made by nature in some way, man. Mm. Even the plastic comes from somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, oh, and this standard for being natural only came into effect in 2008. <laughs> Before that, it was completely meaningless. <laughs> what about organic? How How does that... Well, we have all kinds of organic. We have certified organic. We have another certified organic. We have another certified organic. <laughs> so you can be certified organic by all these different groups. Yeah. If you get the OEFFA certification for being organic for food, then that is a very meaningful thing. Organic animals must eat 100% organic feed that does not contain any of the animal byproducts or growth hormones, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Everything you would think, but not when it's organic on cosmetics. In that case, it's meaningless. Right. Organic certifiers. I'm going to guess they're not true. No, same kind of thing. I guess food is pretty heavily regulated. Yeah. But I guess other things are being certified organic that are not, like cosmetics. Pet foods, fabrics... Body care products, also like a lotion that's made from aloe and stuff like that. Dietary supplements, over-the-counter medicines, those things do not have the same definition of organic. And then there's all these different people that will give you the label as certified organic. Here's one where you only need to have 70% of the ingredients organic. Another criteria. Uh, filler. Yeah, it's kind of scary. But so that I thought that was yeah. an interesting thing, and we have a couple links that we like to put out there for people to look at. When you guys listen to the podcast, I know a lot of times you're listening in the car, you're listening on your your iPod and stuff. Please take a minute and visit our site at uh, bombastpodcast.podbean.com. Um, you have a chance there to leave us some feedback. You can uh, respond to other people's feedback. But we always put the links for the things we talk about. Yeah, this week especially, I hope you guys check it out. We'll have the link with the video for our opening music. We'll have the games that Elton found. We'll have this Greener Choices link, uh, 11 points. And if you haven't already answered, if you haven't already taken a shot at our 12-question Easter egg hunt, the questions are up there in the show notes as well. Yeah. And also visit the other websites of the links on the right-hand side as well. Some quality podcasts down there as well. Yeah, we've, uh, both Elton and I have blogs that we definitely hope you'll check out. So this is uh, the end of April as we're recording. By the time you guys get it, it'll be May 1st. The April showers will have brought May flowers. Mm. Elton, your birthday's in May, isn't it, sometime? Yeah, it is. Oh. It's this weekend, actually. Oh, it is? This is coming? Yeah. Oh, well, guess what? Your birthday present is not going to get there in time. Oh. Why did I think it was the end <laughs> of May? Some? Did you maybe join Simply Syndicated? After your birthday last year, sometime? No, I think I joined just before. I well, I've been listening to it a long, long time, but I joined the forums around about April, I think. Okay, for some reason I thought it was May. Well, never mind then. There you go. <laughs> well then, happy birthday! Hurrah! Hopefully, you'll get the same fanfare that some of the other guys have been getting. You deserve it, man. You deserve it. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so special happy birthday, to Elton. We'll be back with a special birthday episode next week. Tune in. Yes, with with bunting and everything. 
<laughs> if not, then I'm taking you down to Chinatown. <laughs> we'll take care of you. So th- this wraps up episode 14. We've had a good time talking to you guys. We're looking forward to uh, the next week. We're working on a couple things, possibly a live show soon. But definitely, please let us know if there's anything you'd like us to uh, cover and check back in about a week. Yeah, and feedback, whether you like this show, whether you like where it's going, whether, what what you do like, what you don't like. We need to know everything really, don't we, so we can evolve and expand. We do have some letters we got from people and such that we'll respond to next week. We're kind of on a time crunch today. Yeah. But that's it, guys. So uh, thank you again, and uh, and that's it. We'll see you next week. Adios, guys. Happy day.